there is something strange occurring in America's national parks, and in these spin-off episodes of Spooky Island Radio, I will attempt to find out what. Missing 411 cases? Check. Bigfoot stories? Check. UFO encounters and more? Check. So join me once a month where I will delve into people's true encounters. Like I said, something strange is occurring in America's national parks. Welcome to the Missing 411 Spooky Island Radio Case Files. Welcome back to my second ever week of uh, Spooky on the Radio Missing 411 Case Files. It um, actually seems like it's been fucking ages since one of these episodes came out because I think it's second to last episode before I went on the season end of season two break. Um, and obviously this is the first Missing 411 Case Files episode of season three. Um, and uh, yeah, I apologise because I know a lot of people message me um, and spoke to me about uh, this new format, obviously the missing 411 uh, case files. Um, and yeah, people really seem to enjoy it. It's actually one of my highest downloaded episodes. So a bit of a shame, um, and I apologise for the long wait for the new episode, but hopefully it will be worth the wait. Um, and yeah, so thank you everybody for getting in touch, and I'm glad you liked it as much as I enjoyed doing all the research, because... Obviously, uh, it's a bit different. It's not like I'm creating stories or like uh, researching stories to tell on my main episodes. Um, it's I'm doing the research, watching shows, um, and just sort of reeling off the facts of what's happened in different national parks. Um, so it's a bit different, but I really enjoy getting all the research together, and it was nice to hear uh, people saying how much they enjoyed it too. Um, so let's, uh, without talking too much crap obviously let's get all the the uh housekeeping out of the way go follow me on instagram and tiktok um and yeah uh i hope you enjoy it and obviously if you enjoy these sorts of episodes then leave me a review um it'll really help me out so thank you for get all that shit out of the way first and um now i can transport you to to this week's episode where we are going to the ozark national park so the Ozarks, or also known as the Ozark Mountains, Ozark Highlands, or Ozarks Plateau, is a region, uh, it's a huge national park. Um, from what I could see, it uh, covers, it's sort of in a, in a few different states, so Missouri, Arkansas, Oklahoma, and uh, an extreme southeastern corner of Kansas. Um, the Ozarks cover a significant portion of northern Arkansas and most of the southern half of Missouri, so... Well, cheeky geography lesson there for you um but there are two mountain ranges in the ozarks so that's the boston mountains of arkansas and the saint francois mountains of missouri it sounds very posh um buffalo lookout is the highest point in the ozarks and is located in the boston mountains 
Geologically, the area is a broad dome with an exposed core. In, I can't get my words out today. Let's uh, let's rewind that, shall we? Um, geologically, the area is a broad dome with an exposed core in the ancient Saint Francois Mountains. The Ozarks covers nearly forty-seven thousand square miles, making it the most extensive highland region between the Appalachians and the Rockies. Uh, the Appalachian Mountains and all that sort of area I will be going into because I know uh, it's quite trendy to do an episode on that <laughs> there at the minute and uh, I've not done too much research into it but I feel like every single uh, like TV show I watch or every TikTok I watch it's like they talk about how haunted the Appalachia Trail is and stuff so maybe I'll have to do a bit of a look into that for future episodes um, but yeah, anyway, let's carry on the Salem Plateau makes up the largest geologic area of the Ozarks. The second largest is the Springfield Plateau, named after Springfield, Missouri, and nicknamed the Queen City of the Ozarks. This is on the northern Ozark border and the cities of St. Louis and Columbia. Significant Ozark cities in Arkansas include, I'm going to get these names wrong, especially this first one, Fayetteville, Bentonville, Springdale, Eureka Springs, and Fort Smith. After some research, I found out that there are a lot of missing cases in this area, which, of course, is the reason why I'm doing this for uh, my second episode of the Missing 411 Case Files. The first story I have today is that of a young girl who just vanished. This story takes place in the Devil's Den State Park, and I mean... If you call a place something like that, then what the fuck do you think is going to happen? <laughs> People are going to go missing. I mean, it's called Devil's Den State Park. I mean, they didn't think that through when they were naming it, but, you know, I digress. It is a 2,500-acre wilderness area that is a magnet for tourists in the region. Here, people come to engage in all manner of outdoor activities, including picnicking, is that? really an outdoor activity i don't know camping hiking mountain biking horseback riding and seeing the numerous sandstone caves ravines rock shelters and crevices that dot the area love a good crevice me as well as people who come and hunt for fossils of which the area has many apparently according to this website the area is a popular destination for families looking to enjoy the great outdoors and in 1946, the Van, Al the Van Alst family made their way here for a fun family trip to do just that. But it was soon to prove to be anything but fun. One day, the family were near the campsite and the family's daughter, eight-year-old Catherine Van Alst, was playing in the Greek... In the Greek? <laughs> she was not playing in the Greek, she was playing in the Greek in her bathing suit as her brothers fished when at some point she seemed to wander off and seemingly just vanished. Her father and brothers had apparently been right near her and basically looked away for a moment to look back and find her gone. As they continued searching the woods and campsite with no sign of her, they panicked and then notified park officials and a large-scale search began. Searchers launched a meticulous, methodical search of the entire area of several square miles with every moment that went by to be seen as critical since the little girl was barefoot and dressed in nothing but a bathing suit 
hardly the sort of attire for being out in the woods. The search went on for six days, and with no sign of the missing girl and hope waning, until at one point a team of volunteers were in the forest and passed a cave, from which little Catherine van Alst suddenly appeared and casually waved at them. According to those who were there, she was extremely spookily calm and almost in a daze when she simply uttered, Here I am. What made this completely mind-boggling was that the spot where she was found was around seven air miles away and 600 feet higher than the place she had originally disappeared, which would just be the first of many odd details. The most glaringly bizarre thing was that this eight-year-old girl had walked an estimated 30 miles zigzagging course to get to where she was found, all in harsh, steep, treacherous wilderness terrain in just her bathing suit and with no shoes on. The area is riddled with rocky terrain, thick forest and steep hills, so so one of the perplexing things for authorities was just how could she have managed to cover that distance in six days through this challenging landscape barefoot. Her feet were described as swollen and she was also covered with insect bites and scratches from various um, trees and bushes so it was apparent she had done some wandering but she also didn't seem to be in nearly as poor condition that one would have been suspecting and she had covered so much distance that even a properly equipped adult would have had a tough time matching it. She also seemed to be have been in better shape than one would have expected from her ordeal. The cave she was found in just happened to be have a freshwater spring, and despite various cuts and bruises, she was much worse she was not much worse for wear, all things considered. Another oddity is is that the place where she was found had already been thoroughly searched by aircraft and tracker dogs twice, without having found any trace of the girl. So why had she just suddenly appeared there, and why had she been so remarkably calm after such a frightening experience? The strangeness would only continue from here though. She allegedly claimed that she did not remember much about the six days she had been missing, merely saying that she had eaten some berries to stay alive and found herself in that cave. Pelidus has mentioned that the area was overgrown with many types of poisonous berries, so that she chose the right ones to eat has been just has been seen as curious, especially since she had no real outdoor experience, meaning she's fucking eight years old. The girl also supposedly made some strange remarks. She explained that when she had gone missing, she had simply been unable to find her campsite or her father and brothers, despite being right near them. And she also would claim that on several occasions she had shouted out to people searching for her, but they had apparently not been able to hear her. She also says that she had seen the tracker dogs, but had been too afraid to approach. According to popular... um, David Pilatus, not Paul Pilatus. She also made the strange mention of how she had slept in warm grass on the first night she went missing, without elaboration on what cryptic this cryptic message meant. So, a lot to unpack there with that story. With little, what was her name? Little uh, Katniss Everdeen. Who's? I mean, she must have felt like she was in the fucking Hunger Games. What's her, what's her name? Catherine Val Alst. Van Alst. Catherine Van Alst. Um, yeah, like, 
where do we start here? So she disappeared. So when you were thinking about missing 411 cases, there's certain criteria that they have to hit. So disappeared near water, check. Yeah, done. She was by the lake. Um, what sort of things? Disappeared. Um, seemingly, people seem to disappear right from under people's noses. Travelled a great distance. I mean, how did she get that far? Like... I also assume in this sort of park there is predators that would predate on her, so bears? Bears? Bears and mountain lions, maybe? Let me do a quick Google. Yeah, so after my quick Google, uh, black bears and mountain lions, um, both in the Ozarks. So, I mean, you would think a little girl in just a bathing suit, you know, and her no shoes on would be easy prey. But also another thing is that people are generally found in areas that it's all uh, that they've already searched. So I mean, it's it's a very very strange one. I think this one in particular. I mean, I think later in the episode we sort of go more into the sort of cryptid side um, of uh, sort of cryptids in the Ozarks and what it's known for. Uh, but this story in particular, I think, very much fits the missing 411 case. I mean, a lot of the times they turn up dead. Um, so this girl was lucky. Um, but yeah, it's such a strange one. Um, and like I said, I definitely think it fits the missing 411. So, uh, David, if you're listening, I need to do some more research into this one, mate. All right. Um, and yeah, just a little factoid, a little, a little nugget of knowledge that I found. That as of today, oh, I mean, this article is from June 2022. So, as of June 2022, there was 89 active missing person cases in the Ozarks, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it is like 89 unanswered missing persons cases in just that one national park. So, uh, yeah, make sure you've got trackers on you if you go in the Ozarks, you know, all these places. Bear spray, line spray. Make sure people know where you are, where you're going, so they can check in with rangers and stuff. But that's my uh, public service announcement out the way. Let's carry on with the rest of the episode. So, like I said, there are reports of monsters and cryptids that call the Ozark National Park their home, which I'll be exploring in this next section. So, a Bigfoot-like creature that stalks residents and campers and hikers are in the park. A large wildcat that has been spotted with glowing red eyes that terrifies visitors and locals. But first, let's chat about Momo. (laughs) Or the Missouri monster, to give it its full name. Momo was apparently first seen by 8-year-old Terry and 15-year-old Doris Harrison in their backyard, near what is today called the Maroth Hill Park in Pike County. According to an article in the St. Louis post-dispatch from 1972, the creature was about six feet tall and stood upright on two feet. It gave off the putrid odour of mould and old garbage, and its growl sounded like a bear. Are you sure it just wasn't a bear, Terry? Maybe, maybe not. But um, Terry Harrison was playing outside when he spotted the creature standing near a tree, so he screamed and ran inside. Nice one. The scream alerted Doris Harrison, who peered out of the window and saw Momo too. When the parents arrived home, a search party of local law enforcement, highway patrol, 
conservation agents and even politicians set out to find the monster once and for all, but the legend was far from over. The story reverberated through the community. Other sightings, alleged Momo stood 12 feet tall with a pumpkin-shaped head, red eyes and the scream growl that lasted seven seconds. One teenager claimed that Momo lifted up his car with superhuman strength while the teenager was sitting inside it. Um, I don't know what you think, but I think teenagers, you know, bullshit. I found a newspaper article from 1972 telling the young boy's story. So here are a couple little snippets that I will post a link to in the article in the podcast description. So air quotes. Doris, 15, and Terry Keith, 8, saw the thing in their backyard, which led them into the woods on the hill. It was right by a tree, six or seven feet tall, black and hairy, said Doris. It stood like a man, but it didn't look like one to me. Doris saw the thing a week ago last Tuesday afternoon. She was home watching the other Harrison children while her father was at work at the, at the Department of Public Works and her mother was at the cafe. The Harrisons have been running on uh, Main Street. The article continues and states that police chief was called out of bed to go up to the hill to investigate. Things people hear, he said. Someone is supposed to have seen it crossing Highway 79 with a sheep or a dog or something in its mouth. Ward's worries at the policeman chiefman's worry is that, and I quote, people are going to go up to the hill with guns looking for this thing and somebody's going to get shot. We've been up there and we're convinced there's nothing there now. We've got the hill barricaded off, but you know, some kids will get up there at night. What I find so intriguing is how this Momo fever, if you will, seemed to sweep the local area and a lot of reports were reported in quick succession. I mean, could it be hysteria, small town, someone sees something and it just grows and grows and grows? Yeah, I can. I, I mean, I can see that. Um, and the need for humans to look for the impossible in the ordinary um, could be at work here. You know, someone sees a bear, they make up this story that it's Momo or this mystery monster. Um and it sort of turns into this huge urban legend sort of thing that many, many people are seeing in quick succession. Um, but I mean, I'm not too sure, but I do find it interesting how America seems to be home to these like large ape-like creatures such as Bigfoot and Momo. I mean, everyone can't be making it up, can they? I mean, that's the sort of... That's my logic, is so many people are seeing something... And yeah, I suppose it could be suggestion, it could be word of mouth, that sort of thing. But there are a lot of reports of these sort of creatures, and it's—I just find it fascinating. There's you sort of hear of different big light, bigfoot-like creatures. You know, you have like the abominable snowman in Nepal and things like that. And um, could they all be part of the same sort of family? You know, uh, of cryptids or, or creatures. Um, but you don't get the concentration that you get in, as you do in North America. Um, yeah, just curious to think about. So, uh, another creature seen throughout the Ozark National Park is named the Ozark Howler. Sean Patrick Fay, a Missouri restaurant, I was about to say a Missouri restaurant, a Missouri resident of 19 years, 
didn't expect to lock eyes with the cryptid when he went out to explore the Route 66 ghost town of Plano, Plano, Plan, Plano, uh, this past April. While in the town, he looked across a nearby field and spotted a large black cat. Faye says the cat was about six feet long and about four or five feet tall, and I quote, it moved like a wild cat, like a panther or a jaguar or a cougar, Faye says. But this cat was a giant cat, and it was just so out of place. The creature apparently looked at Faye, but he wasn't unsettled. Rather, he admired the creature until it wandered off. Faye says he's always had, always been intrigued by cryptids, but he has had to do research the big cat but he had to research the big cat to identify what he claims to have witnessed. The quadruped is shrouded in mystery, as many eyewitnesses' accounts disagree about its appearance. It's been described as a big cat with glowing eyes, but other accounts detail a dark creature the size of a bear, with a thick body, stocky legs, shaggy hair and horns. Its howl, which Faye did not hear, has been described as a combination of a wolf and an elk, like deep and guttural. Witnesses are reported a feeling of dread after hearing it. I mean, I fucking would. Reports of the Ozark Howler have been recorded since the 1950s, but more recent sightings surfaced between 2005 and 2010. Skeptics attribute the legend to a real feline of some kind, but wildlife officials have said that a large population of cougars should not exist in that area. According to Explore Southern History's Guide on Ghosts, Monsters and Mysteries of the South, again, this is another great website I found where I got a lot of information about these two supposed cryptids, which again, I will link in the episode description. Um, yeah, so is there a possible explanation for the sightings of these two cryptids? And could they be part of the reason that so many missing there are so many missing person cases in the Ozarks? So yeah, bit of a strange one to finish on there. I mean, have you been to the Ozark National Park? I mean, the only real knowledge I have of it physically is from pop culture and watching. Um, is it just called Ozark? Um, about the drug drug launderers or drug money launderers? I don't know. I don't really watch it that much. Um, but yeah, have you been? Have you had an experience? Or do you live in the area? Do you know of any more local legends um, which could be behind these missing 411 cases? Um, if you do have anything you want to add, you can send it to me. Um, send me an email at spookyislandradio at outlook.com or send me a message on Instagram. Because um, I would love to hear from you guys because um, it makes my day. Spoiler alert, makes my day. Um, so yeah, I think I'll round uh, this episode up there. Again, a bit different from the last episode where I took us on a bit of a trip to, when I took us on a trip to the Grand Canyon National Park. I mean, if you've listened to uh, that, then uh, you really sh- if you haven't listened to that, sorry, then you really need to. So go down, go click on it, go click on it, do it, do it, do it. Um, because yeah, people really seem to like that one. Um, so yeah, if you haven't heard it, go listen to it. Um, and yeah, remember me and Shauna are going on a um, big ghost hunt next week. Um, so in Liverpool, going to this uh, uh, really haunted apparently um, 
old asylum and mental hospital. Oh, it's going to be so scary. Um, so again, follow me on Instagram and TikTok if you want to follow us because uh, we'll be going live and obviously I'll be posting quite a bit about it um, on the run-up and during the um, during the investigation. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for listening to me for another week. Um, just a little little a little teaser. Uh, then in some four weeks' time. Um, when I will be doing the Case Files 411 um, Case Files Part 3 um, I'll be taking you to the Green Mountain National Park in Vermont um, and investigating the mysterious Bennington Triangle which is just oozing mystery and details of the supernatural I can assure you um, so until then catch you on the flippity flip and uh, goodbye for the week <laughs>